Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gone Bridge Podcast, episode 41. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clawson and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? Man, we got a lot to get into this week. It's it's going to be a long episode, folks. Strap in. Yeah, this is weird that we're halfway through the season. Feels like it just started, and it's going to be a good episode because we're going to review what's going on with the entire team and what we thought was going to be going on with the entire team at the beginning of the season. I think that, arguably, this could be the most jam-packed episode of the year. Actually, not even arguably. I think this is going to be the most jam-packed episode of the year. We've got so much to talk about. Um, Yeah, we got a ton to – we basically listened back to episode 21, which was our preseason predictions episode, got tons of quotes – over-unders information. We're going to share that with you guys. I mean, obviously you can go back and listen, but we're going to share it and then give our opinions. Uh, we got the draft. We got Jaron Duran coming up. We got all-star game stuff. We got Yankee stuff. We got Philly stuff. We got COVID stuff. <clears throat> we got a lot of stuff. You got Tanner Houck coming up too. Tanner Houck's coming up too. There's a lot of exciting things uh, going on right now, but <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah, we'll start this off with – uh, the preseason predictions and where we're at and kind of where we're at with this team right now. So the Boston Red Sox at the all-star break sitting at first place with a record of 55 and 36. Obviously they beat, we're recording this Saturday morning. They beat the Yankees last night for nothing. Currently seven and zero against them. Just like that. I mean, they're just dominating them. No questions. But at the break, 55 and 36, tied for the best record in the American League, leading the AL East by one and a half games. Yeah. So just off that, if I told you end of March, this team's winning 55 games in the first half, first place, and that's with a bad week to end the first half. What what are you saying? If you told me this at the beginning of the season, like during the offseason. Yeah, like we're recording episode 21, and I'm like, hey, this team's going to win 55 games in the first half. It'd be 19 games over 500. Oh, well, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to yeah. say absolutely. You, I know they are. You're, you're telling the wrong person right now because obviously I knew that this was going to happen. Hmm. I was not so optimistic to start the season. We'll, uh, I'm sure you guys will, will hear this later on. I did not have as high of a ceiling, so I would have said that you were kind of crazy if you told me that. Um, I actually would have told you that you were very crazy because that's a 110 win pace. Um, and that's pretty, pretty remarkable. So uh, I would have been shocked if you told me that episode 21, but here we are. I can't say I'm shocked now. This team is a wagon. Team is an absolute wagon. Um, all right. So we'll start with, we'll start with the Red Sox predictions from our episode. So we did, a segment during that where uh, we set over unders for a bunch of different like players scenarios. Like we had a bunch of questions, each of us gave like an over under. And then we also posted for most of these Instagram polls for the listeners to vote on too. So we will see how correct you guys were. And we also have the pace for a lot of these too. So you can kind of see where they're at right now. So we'll start with my favorite one, the Marwin Gonzalez 
129.5 games played. The over under or the over under was 129.5. I took the over. You guys took the under. He's currently on pace for 125 games played. And the Instagram poll was 42% over, 58% under. I think that's about where I thought he was going to be, maybe a couple more games. but Well, clearly you thought he was going to be a couple more games. <laughs> and also, he may be on pace for, what is it, 125 appearances. But I don't that's know only going to like decrease in, as the season goes on. I think at this point we're probably looking at about 110 games for Marwin. I mean, we'll talk more about Duran coming up. Like, I think there's still a possibility Franchi comes back up. He's hurt right now, too. I don't know. It's not happening. Yeah, it's just – Not happening. That was a fun one. Uh, the next one, we got a lot to go through here, so we'll kind of speed through these. Uh, Nathan Evaldi, 24 and a half starts. Not going to lie, we kind of – well, knock on wood, he's healthy. He's on pace right now for 32 starts, but all three of us took the under on this, and most of the listeners did too. 38% took the under. Or sorry, uh, 60, 62% took the under. And Steve, you even said not even close. close. Not even close. Well, yeah, and I don't feel bad about saying that because Nathan Avaldi has been a certain type of player, has entire tenure on the Red Sox and it is solid to even good when healthy but he is not healthy a whole lot fortunately this season he has been healthy so he He has been been so healthy this year it's unbelievable not only has he been healthy but he's been good he's an all-star so I said this we're gonna get to the actual over under when I said this but in reference to a different pitcher, I said, prove me wrong. And Nathan Avaldi is proving us all wrong. And I appreciate that. You took that quote to heart like you were talking to him. Yeah. You certainly weren't. You were talking to someone else, so I don't know if he took it to heart. But clausen uh, has got a great, great quote on Evaldi that we'll get to later in, uh, later in this segment. Uh, so next up, we got – this one kind of surprised me. I'm not going to lie. So Eddie Rodriguez – over under 175.5 strikeouts. All three of us took the over. 81% of the listeners also took the over. I mean, Eddie struggled at times this year. His ERA is kind of high. But looking at the pace, excuse me, wow. Uh, he's on pace for 185 strikeouts right now. Uh, so despite, you know, guys are making good contact off him when, when they hit the ball. He, he's still striking guys out, which is good to see. It's... Yeah, that's the thing about Eddie is that a lot of his advanced stats, like his expected average and even his like K rate, have been pretty good this season, even if he doesn't have the ERA to reflect that. He's just gotten pretty unlucky at times. But his K rate has been, I think, one of the better years in his entire career. Yeah, we've seen some good stuff from Eddie recently. Uh, yesterday in the Yankee game, eight strikeouts. If he can continue that at all, then I think that 175 is going to be a nice little hurdle for him to get over. Um, so I think that as the season goes on, I mean, maybe the six-man rotation is going to start to dampen those strikeouts a little bit. Um, but I think he's going to be he's going to be kissing 175 when we get to the end of the year. 
I think if he gets the innings in, he can make a good run at 200 as well. Uh, we'll see if he can do that. But again, the you made a good point, Klaus. The six-man rotation, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, all right. So next up, Hirokazu Sawamura, the newcomer. Hero saw the Sawman. We set the bar at 57.5 appearances for the Sawman. All three of us took the over. Instagram listeners also took the over. 54% of them did. He's currently on pace for 62 appearances, which would put him in the over. Sawman's been absolutely nails this year. Yeah. Absolutely nails. I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but I was pretty high on this guy as soon as we got him. See, he had a lot of good takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said he was going to settle into the seventh inning role, and he doesn't necessarily stick to that role every single game, like how Ottavino is the eighth inning guy and Barnes is the closer. But he still kind of functions in a similar way where he comes in for one inning where you need him to get a hold most most of the time, and he'll uh, he'll come through. He was a little shaky at times in terms of how many walks he'll let up, but overall, I've been pretty happy with him. Yeah, I mean, I was a little skeptical when we first signed him because he doesn't he doesn't pump gas or or anything like that. More of a finesse he guy. Hard. He does uh, decently hard. Yeah, I mean, he's not throwing like ninety eight though. You know what I mean? I mean, but yeah, you don't need him to. I mean, that splitter can get up to what like ninety four, ninety five. Gross. Yeah, yeah. But him and Ottavino have, have settled into a role nicely. I think as the season goes on, they need those wins. They need those holds, those holds. Sawman is oh. going to be the man for the job. He's key. He's key. Uh, he's pitched 36 games so far, Seven or 36 games, 37 innings, 43 strikeouts, 2.43 ERA. Arguably, besides Ottavino and Barnes. Actually, not arguably. He's probably been the uh, best arm in that bullpen. We've been, been really lucky to have such a great season out of him so far, so. Let's see if he can keep that up in the second half. I see he no might, reason why uh, he can't. He might get votes for rookie of the year. He might. He might. He might Adoles get Garcia. some. He might get some votes. Adolis Garcia is probably going to run away with it, but he might get a couple votes. He might get a couple votes. That's a good. That's a good point. The next one. The next one's interesting. Very interesting. Matt Barnes over under on the saves. The bar was set at seventeen and a half. And all three of us took the under, as well as 57% of the listeners. Uh, how, how's how's, that, how's that one going? Yeah, how many does he have already? He's got uh, – he's got uh, – you guys, you guys want to know how many saves he has this year? Yeah, I want to know. Was it, like, was it like six? Yeah, six. Six and a half. Um, he's got 19. Ooh. 19. Yikes. We're Wait. already over. Wait, was that over under we set for just like the first half? Because we were pretty close then. Steve, it was uh, it was for the entire season. Oh. He's on pace for thirty four saves, and he was an all star. Well, I mean, and and he got the bag two year extension. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Oh, we got to talk about that too. Add yeah. it to the list. Well, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know what you want from us if you're listening to this episode. I, we're happy that Matt Barnes is so good, has so many saves, but was it so unreasonable during the season preview to take the under on this? I don't think so. But like I, I said, so whenever I go against one of our guys, just prove me wrong. And I won't be mad that I'm wrong. 
I'll be happy that I am. And this is one of the happiest moments of my life. Yeah, no, I mean, we, I'll go over some of the quotes we had here. Clausen said, won't even be close. Steve said, offense will be so good. There won't even be save opportunities, which, you know, good take. <laughs> I said, I think Odvino will take the spot from him, which wasn't unreasonable. I mean, coming into the season, the only guy who had real closing experience on Steve was Adam Odvino. Barnes took the job, ran with it, and I gave him a ton of credit. And I'm very happy for him. We've got him locked up for the next two years. So, you know, high fives for Maddie Backpacks all around. Um, yeah. Can't hate. So can't, can't hate. Can't hate at all. Can't hate at all. The next one, next one was actual Vegas odds. It was set for Raphael Devers, home runs. The line was at 31.5. Steve and I took the over. Klaus and you took the under. 76% of Instagram listeners also took the over, and he's on pace to go over that. By seven and a half, he's on pace for 39 home runs right now. And I think that he is a top five MVP candidate in the American League right now. Yeah, every time I every time I see Devers at the plate, I feel like he's either mashing a home run or roping a double. Like it's almost like automatic that this guy you can look away for two minutes when he's up at the plate, and he's either going to be crossing the plate, rounding the bases, or he's going to be at second base. This dude is just a a machine. I mean, dude, Devers is such an important part of this team, and he's so young. I just love him so much. 31 and a half home runs was almost disrespectful to set the line that low on how good of a season Devers is having. And top five MVP, I don't think that's unreasonable. I'd probably slide him a couple spots lower than five just because his defense is not MVP caliber. He'll probably get some votes. He'll get some votes. He's having a great year. Uh, I mean, him and Bogey have just established themselves as, you know, the Rocks in this lineup with JD, um, the three of them with Verdugo. I mean, that lineup is just so good at the top. Uh, so, yeah, 31 and a half home runs is kind of low. But again, that was Vegas. The next one, Hunter Renfro, 28 and a half home runs. All three of us took the under on this one. 40 or 53% of listeners agreed, also took the under. He's currently on pace for 23. So, you know, a decent amount under, but, uh, I think my biggest takeaway from Renfro here is that we thought he wasn't going to be getting the reps. And I think that might be my biggest takeaway from the season preview episode as a whole is, you know, we didn't really know who was going to fit and where, like we have another question coming up later uh, between two players who we thought was going to play more, which was very obviously wrong. Uh, and like Steve said here, he said, I only have Renfro playing like 90 games. And Renfro's, you know, our everyday right fielder now. So, um, you know, he's mashed them all. He's got a good average. Yeah. Uh, he's playing, yeah. he's playing well. I mean, to Steve's point, this, the first probably three weeks of the season, the, uh, the lineup changed like every day. Like no. Marwin Gonzalez played a different position for the first, what, like nine games or something? Something crazy like that. Something like that. So to say that Renfro, we had no idea where he was going to be, actually wasn't that far off. He's turned out way better. He's kind of been a rocket in right field. Um, yeah, I mean, who could have predicted that Renfro was going to be this good? This guy's borderline all-star caliber this year. And if you said that before the season started, you were like, oh, yeah, Hunter Renfro, 
guy could make a case for the all-star team. I would have just laughed in your face because that would have been such a hot take, but hey, he's doing well. So, like I said, can't hate. Would have been a hot take. The next one, uh, over under team all-stars, we had the bar set at two and a half. I got it, Gardner. Before you go into this, I'm reading this. We have it in a spreadsheet. I am embarrassed with myself. I think I am wrong on all of, uh, like literally all of these. I think I, yeah. I have like just looking down the rest of the list. I think I nailed like one of them. You got Marwin. You got Marwin. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's not over yet. Yeah, no, I mean like looking yet. down from like from what we've already covered from this one on to the rest. Looking down, I think I'm gonna get like one of these right here. At, at the end, we'll count up like one, two, and three. Who's who did the best? All right. Continue. Um... So anyway, that one is already – it's already done. We had five All-Stars this year. We had Nathan Evaldi, Matt Barnes, Raphael Devers, Xander Bogarts, and J.D. Martinez. Steve and I took the over. Klaustin took the under. And 56% of the listeners also took the over. Um, I'm trying to see what I had. Bogarts, Verdugo, and Pavetta. And uh, Klaustin, you had Bogarts and Devers. I just had no faith in this team. I don't know. I don't know who like pissed in my Fruit Loops the day we did this episode, <laughs> but I just had zero faith in this team outside of Devers and Bogarts. Hey, hey! I took the over on this. Also, I didn't take the over so much that we were gonna have five guys. I think I said four guys. Five guys is pretty ridiculous. I never expected Valdi to be an All Star, but I mean, yeah. Nails totally deserves it. Most most all-stars in the league, and I think if this line had been even three and a half, I would have taken the under. I thought three was, like, max. I had four. Um, I had Dougie. I was wrong with who I had, but I had faith in the team in my heart. I had Dougie, Xander, Devers, and JD, I think. Or maybe yeah. Pavetta was mixed in there. I don't know. I had four or five. Yeah, I I was hot on that Pavetta train. I mean, he's had a good season, just like not not all star level. Um, but yeah, five all stars for the Sox. The next one, Vegas odds for wins, eighty and a half. We all took the over on that one, as well as seventy eight percent of the listeners. You guys want to know something? What they're on? Uh, they're on pace to win ninety eight games this year. Are they? 98 wins. You know what? 98 is really close to. What's that, Steve? Oh, hold on. Clausen just tripped me up for a second there. That was weird. Um, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, 98 is really close to 96. It's only two off. And you know what 96 was? My prediction for how many wins the Sox were going to have. What? Yeah. You had them winning 96 games? Believe it or not, I know not a whole lot of people not a whole lot of people were on that train. But Steve Brady was. There was even one comment on like the graphic we made for this over under and some kid or excuse me, some listener, I don't know how old he is. Some <laughs> listener uh, said, "Fire me up, Steve. I love it. 96 wins." And I think he said it's kind of sarcastically, but here we are. I also found something about a week ago uh, from the World Baseball Pod Draft live stream. And our good friend Rob from the Pesky Pulled podcast said, Steve, if the Red Sox win 96 games, I will personally apologize to you. 
And Steve, <laughs> oh. you said, send oh. me a shirt. <laughs> I mean, I would love a shirt from the Pesky Pole podcast. But I think I would love even more just a personal apology. I would like him to like handwrite me a letter saying, I'm sorry, Steve, for not only having faith in you as a national baseball analysis that we all are. And I'm sorry that I don't have faith in the Boston Red Sox. I want that from you, Rob, if you're listening to this. I want it from you. Carter, so do, you already go, do you already go over my take? No, I was going to say, Steve had 96 wins. I had 88 plus, and you had 82 to 83. I really just – I think I was riding such a low off of 2020 and didn't think that these guys that they picked up would be that impactful and guys like Evaldi would come back all right. And I don't know. I, I just kind of had no faith in this team, I guess. Yeah, we're going to really – nice and conservative. Like, they they were a above 500 team. We're but I really wasn't sure how far above 500. Awesome. We're going to really see just how low you were when we get into the entire MLB predictions and in particular <laughs> the World Series prediction. You're, we're going to see how low you were. Like, I, I almost am thinking that whoever was recording episode 21 is not the Alex Clausen that is speaking to you right now because that dude was on, like, I, I don't know, that dude was on something. You know what they say? What he was on. Hindsight's 2020. We were also getting to the end of the spring semester, so you might have just been out of gas. I don't know. I, I, was, I was down bad or something. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Good Lord. All right. Push on. All right. The next couple. You're not. Uh, you're not gonna give my quote. You're gonna. You're gonna save me. Oh my God! Thank you for reminding me. This is the worst quote I've ever heard in my entire life. I want this. I want this engraved on my gravestone when I'm I. I'm gonna die. make a quote card for this and post it on Instagram today. No questions asked. Alex Clausen, and I quote, I would put more money on Franchi hitting 74 home runs than I would this team winning 96 games. I blew my money. Clausen, could I also get a personal apology from you at the end of the season? <laughs> yeah, you'll get a handwritten letter. Right, thanks. I, I would love it. I'll send awesome. a, I'll send an angry email <laughs> to Franchi as well. You ruined my life. Oh, we got we got a Franchi. Uh, we got an interesting Franchi uh, line in just a little bit here. Uh, next one, we'll go through these quickly because there is no Instagram polls for these. These we just talked about. Pavetta over under 163.5 strikeouts. All three of us took it over. He's on pace for 201. He's got great swing and miss stuff. Then we had Pavetta or Erod, more strikeouts. All three of us said Eddie. Pavetta is just above the pace for him. He's 16 ahead. Yeah, I think that when it's all said and done, though, Eddie's going to have a starter or two more than Pavetta. So, and he might be able to just, like, cheat it with how many. Yeah, games. I don't know. I mean, Eddie did miss those first two weeks, though. Oh, that's true. I forgot about um, that. So, I don't know. It'll be close. But, I mean, listen, they're both having good years. I don't really. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Having good years. They're both having good strikeout years. They are. They are. They are. Is Eddie having a good year in general? Uh, not really. I mean, not really. It's getting better, but depends how you define the word good. <laughs> he right. He pitches for sure. He definitely does pitch. We can confirm that. Next up, Bobby Dahlbeck over under seventy seven point five RBI. Steve, for some reason, uh, you didn't really have a take on this one during that. Did episode. I just not answer? Yeah, you just didn't answer. Uh, Clausen, you had the over. I had the under, which I got some backlash for. 
I said I thought he'd have an okay season, but just not. 77 and a half RBIs. He's currently on pace for 64. So a good amount under that uh, under that line. But uh, yeah, Bobby D, where are we at on him for the for the first half of the season here? In terms of how happy we are? Yeah, basically. Because personally, I could see him and Marwin being the guys who kind of get a lot less playing time down the stretch here. Yeah, I mean... It only makes sense that Big Bob would take a back seat in terms of playing time. Mm, yeah, I, I'm not too thrilled. I'm not happy with how he's played. Everybody thought he was going to be the rookie of the year. That didn't happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, he hasn't. I don't like to harp on guys, but yeah, he hasn't, hasn't really been insane uh he had a couple i think he had a hit last night but uh you know rookie year we'll uh we'll see what he can do in the second half right we'll see what he can do in the second half oh well now, last year he came up and raked in the second half he did well i mean this entire season was only like you know well he was only up for like half of it but yeah no he did he did well he's, he's 26 really that old I think, really unless i'm terrible at math hold on That's 26. He kind of has wow. to be good right now. He kind of has to be good, like, right this this season. I mean, well, not really. I guess when you look at the Sox farm system, you have a couple guys coming up in the next year or two. Yeah. Serviceable for now. I think he's – this is – how he's playing now is not the best he can play. I know, but I'm saying that well, he's 26. If he doesn't start playing better – look, it's his rookie year. Okay. He's not going to have a great rookie year. It's already been decided that he's not going to have a great rookie year. If he doesn't perform next season, his age 27 season, you got guys waiting in the wings that could possibly take his playing time away from him. And then all of a sudden, well, what do you do with Bobby Dalek? I don't know. There's like younger guys that potentially have. I don't know. I think Costas is still probably two years away from coming up. And Blaze Jordan is still a few years as well. Uh, Josh Ockamy is the starting first baseman for the Woo Sox, but I mean, he's not like. Actually, wait, he's not. What? Franchi plays first base. Oh, that's right. Franchi's been working out at first base. That's interesting. I don't hate it, honestly. I mean, the I think lefty, that's fine. You need more lefty bats in the lineup. I don't hate it. I'm cool with that. I mean, I'd rather have Franchi take at bats away from Dahlbeck right now than I would from anybody in the outfield. Yeah, yeah, I like the Kike Hunter, Dougie Elfield. I really do. And then you throw Duran in there too. I don't yeah. want at bats taken away from Duran. Me neither. He hasn't even had an at bat yet. But that's another guy I mean, sneaky older than you think he is. Duran? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's old. He's like 25, right? A little bit older. A little bit older. Yeah. Next up, we've got Xander Bogarts. 187.5 hits. All three of us took the over. Right now, he's on pace for 183. I, I got to say, real quick, when I put this line out, you guys were like, this is so disrespectful. This is so disrespectful. He's having an all-star caliber year, and he's sitting right around right around that line, and he's having a great year. He's breaking 200, bro. This is just a, a, literally mean, a hit machine. Like, if they – you know how they have pitch machines? 
Like, yes. if they wanted to make a, a hit machine, they would just make it Xander Bogarts. I don't see anything. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. Man gets on base like it's uh, it's his only job. Absolute. Uh, him and uh, when it comes to him and Devers are one and two in doubles in the AL. Yeah. And I don't know if I 100% said it, but I think at one point I said that they were going to be one and two in doubles in the AL. Yeah, I think there was a, a line that I looked at for, uh, oh, it was when we were doing betting odds. I saw that Devers was like f- way further down on the list than he should have been for leading the league in doubles. It was like 8,000 to one, like eight plus 8,000 odds. Yeah. So take I, that bet. That would definitely would have been a great bet considering the fact that he's number two only behind Xander and people don't, I mean, whether or not you're a fan of the saber metrics, whatever advanced stats, people don't like to talk about the fact that Fenway park has the highest double factor in the entire league. Especially for a guy like Devers, he goes oppo. That's an auto, like that's an automatic double. Same with Bogarts. He's just got to, he's just got to pull one off the wall. Yeah. Rope one down the line. Yeah, they get so many at bats with for good average. Not surprised. Easy to see. Should we move on to the next one and talk about it? Well, Gardy had to step out for a minute. See if Gardner has any bad takes here. See if I can call him out. (laughs) Well, he's not here. (laughs) All right. The next one that we have for over under. What type of slander were you guys talking? I don't know. I was oh, trying to find back. something. <laughs> you're back. We were literally just about to move on to the next one. We're at JD over under 34 and a half home runs by the end of the season. And Gardy, I believe you're first on this, took the under. And me and Clawson took the over. So if that's what the bad take you were looking for, there, there it is, Clawson. Uh, he's on I mean, pace for. He's sorry, on pace ahead. for thirty-two. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah. Oh God, he's, he's totally gonna get hot though. If he is, I can see right. it. Um. Yeah, he's gonna be right around there. I had Steve. You said he's gonna hit two eighty-seven, forty-two home runs, ninety-eight RBI. I had twenty-eight home runs. Um, he's still having a great year. I mean, he's an all-star. Yeah, I think that he's gonna get hot for like. There's gonna be a month where he has transcended the physical realm and just hits like 380 with a home run on like 1.5 home runs every two days. I would be great. I would love that. Again, I'm never, uh, I'm never one to go against any of these guys for my take. So here's a good one next. Maybe you want to read this one. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Clawson. Me? Yeah. <laughs> Franchi Cordero over under 73 and a half homers. Uh, you two took the under, I took the over. And I would like to say that this season is just over halfway over. We've seen Franchi for what? Like, how many games this dude played this year? I don't know, like 17, 27. I know, yeah. He hit 31. 31. He's had 95 at bats in the majors. So you're telling know, me, you're, wait, you're telling me. That in his 90 at bats, 72 of those, 74 of those were home runs. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying he could get called up and just go on an absolute tear. 
like two homers a game. Got my face, Clausen. I don't know. Don't count this one out yet. <laughs> yeah, my face. Not putting Frenchy money Cordero. on it, Hedge your yeah, bets, kids. I certainly wouldn't. He's on pace for two home runs this year. So, uh, yeah. I think he's on pace for one. Are we like he one, doesn't get called back up. Well, he's, it's like 1.8 something, so I rounded up. I gave you the benefit of the doubt. Excellent. We'll see. We'll see Frenchy again. I think we will, too. I think we will as well. I think we will, too. Uh, all right. Next, that that's it for the over-unders. The next few are questions. More saves, Barnes or Adovino? You two had Adovino. I took Barnes. And uh, Barnes is on pace for more. Yeah. Not much to talk about on this one. Kind of already. Yeah, we already went on this. Here was the question I was referring to earlier when I talked about, like, which players we thought were going to be playing more and less. So we said, who's going to play more games, Michael Chavis or Christian Arroyo? All three of us said Michael Chavis. And right now it's looking easily like it's going to be Christian Arroyo. I feel like I just need to eat my shorts on that one. That was tough. Yeah. Agreed. I thought Arroyo. Arroyo, I'll talk about this more later when we get into the talk about this past week and, you know, what everything that's been going on. But, like, the man only hits clutch home runs, and he's uh, – I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I thought he was going to be able to really, like – compete on this team i thought he might have just been like a leftover from 2020 who was like decent but he's proved me wrong and he's been really good so uh did he hit a ding dong last night he He certainly did ding dong only in big games only in big games he had the grand slam against the braves he had two home runs against the astros the one last night kid has been hot next one we've got offensive mvp all three of us gave it to xander bogarts and i would argue that Xander Bogarts is the offensive MVP right now. Yeah, I mean, you could, I guess, make an argument for Devers because I think he's probably on pace for more ribbies than uh, than Xander, but Xander deserves it probably just as much. Got to I don't think Xander. I don't think that spot's going anywhere. Yeah. Good call, by us. Good call. Next up, we've got pitching MVP. This one didn't really hit it on the on the head that well. <laughs> we had. Uh, let's see. Clawson and I had Eduardo Rodriguez. Steve, you had Hirokazu Sawamura. Uh, and I'll re-explain my logic for that. It was that you're going to get production from certain guys on your pitching staff. You're going to get, you should get production from Eddie at the beginning of the season. That was my thought process. You should get production from Nate. Pavetta will probably give you some extra stuff. That's all the starting rotation. And then you move into the bullpen and you have those two guys at the back end, Matt Barnes, Adam Montavino, and they're going to give you probably something solid. Again, this is my thought process when I had this take. That being said, the rest of the bullpen wasn't too sure of at the time, except for Hero Saw. And I said that if Hero Saw could kind of round out that three-headed monster in the bullpen, then that takes the pressure off of the two big guys and everybody else. And that's how I said he would be most valuable, not necessarily the best. And to be honest, looks like a better take than Erod right now. So good for me. A much better take. Um, honestly, really smart thinking. Yeah, he's taking the load off both those guys. And uh, they've both been really, really good. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say on Eddie. I think we all thought he was going to have a 
a huge back bounce back season, as you can kind of see the trend from episode 21. Uh, hasn't exactly done that, but, you know, I don't think it was a wild take. I feel like we're like three or four years into the like, like this is Eddie's breakout season. I yep. feel like I hear something in spring training almost every year. Like, oh, Eddie looks great. Pedro thinks Eddie looks great. And he comes in and like does this. And it's like, ah, oh, Eddie's all right. Like he's a he's a solid pitcher. Yeah, he earns a spot in the rotation. But I think we've been expecting him to be Eddie Aces for like four years. And it just hasn't 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 come to fruition, I suppose. Yeah. He's gonna be Eddie A, but he's not gonna be Eddie Aces. It's gonna be more exactly. like the average. Eddie starter number two. Fourth year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, this is actually a great one. Very relevant to uh, today's episode. Best call-up of the year. All three of us had Jaron Duran, and I'm going to defend myself real quick because I thought, all right, I got, I got a lot of talking to do about this. If you listen to the last two episodes, I was pretty hard on that we weren't going to see Jaron Duran this year. Things have changed, and we are actually going to see Jaron Duran this year. I am unfortunately not the general manager of this team, so I can't make those decisions. But um, again, I said I wouldn't be mad if we saw him. I'm excited. I'm very excited, but I just didn't think we were going to. Uh, but during the preseason, I, I again I thought that we might need a little bit of a boost at the end of the season more than we do. So I thought Duran would be coming up. He is. So I was right there, but I was wrong in my other take from last week. So, but again, I'm excited. Man, it takes a real man to admit it's, admit made, his mistakes. I made a mistake, but I'm excited to see what the wolf can do. Yeah, good nickname. We'll oh. workshop it. See how see how it plays. Yeah. Now that he's up here, we'll have to re- revisit. So, uh, other than that, I'm trying to think. Have we called up really anybody else this year? Like Tanner Hauk. Tanner Houck's up. Yeah. Uh, um, Tanner Houck. Like uh, Brandon Workman. Bizarro. That doesn't really count. I, I feel like the only guy who's made his major league debut was, uh, what was his name? Eduardo Bizarro. Eduardo oh, Bizarro. yeah. That guy. He's got like a really nice slurve. Yeah. I think he's on the 60 day DL now, though. <laughs> what, about the, what about the Yak Man? Actually, was that, he was, that was a trade. Yeah. I don't know if he ever did. Um, uh, who am I thinking of? Was Darwinson on the 40-man roster start? Yeah. He yeah, he was. He was uh no, he was he was with us. He was with yeah, us. Yeah, not a ton of options. Yeah, that's all right. Uh next one. Next one is a really good one. I, I'm excited to talk about this one. Most impactful off-season pickup. I had Kike, Steve, you had Salamora. Clausen, I give you credit. You finally had a really good take. You went with Garrett Whitlock. You know what? A blind squirrel is right. Wait, no. I mixed up the two sayings. A blind squirrel finds a nut, and this blind squirrel found a huge stash of nuts with this one. Yes, he did. Garrett Whitlock. Between Barnes, Adovino, Salamora, Taylor, and Whitlock, they've all been really, really good this year out of the bullpen. Uh, and if I remember correctly, the, the Yankees gave us Whitlock for free. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Real five draft. But the Yankees bullpen, there were guys coming out of it yesterday I'd never heard of. I roll this Chapman sucks too. <laughs> yeah, he does. That's all that star rolled this Chapman to you, Clausen. Yeah. He was he was so close to letting up a few runs last night. Like dangerously close. Arroyo almost pimped another one off of him. 
Here, he I want to legitimately uh, like look scared when he gets out there. Well, yeah, he stinks. I want to. So, Guardy Vasquez. Uh, I don't think he's had a great season, but I don't think he's had the least. Wait, Steve, you're looking Wait, at the wrong one. You're on the wrong one. Oh yeah, I am. You're right. Off-season pickup. Kike. Yeah, he's all right. Kike's been fine. Pretty, that's like that's like know. uh what's what's that child story called like the three bear uh goldilocks and yeah the three goldilocks bears. yeah kike is like the middle bear he's right in the middle he's not he's not hot he's not cold he's just, you just know, he's, right just right yeah that's not a, not terrible i don't know what you could have possibly thought he was going to give us to be i just don't i mean looking back i well we'll talk about one starting pitcher who we acquired this year who i didn't think was going to be great and then it was like Marwin or like Hirokazu. So I just went with Kike. Well, I mean, for Kike, though, you figured he was going to add some stability either at second base or in the outfield. And I feel like that's what he's provided. Like yeah. he hasn't, he's been just all right, but he's a consistent guy that you can put in the lineup every day. And like you, you can feel confident with Kike in the lineup. Yeah. I'm also going to say that I think Klaus and I have both had pretty decent takes. They're Samora and Wetlock are both very yeah, solid. Guys- Definitely both had better picks than I did. Whitlock, I will say, though, has more innings pitched with uh, a lower ERA. So the guy has been as nails. About as good as you can get. Absolute nails. Um, all right. We've got only a few more here before we wrap this up. Next up, we've got the offensive least – excuse me, least valuable player – I took Christian Vasquez, Steve, you took Marwin Gonzalez, and Clawson, you took Michael Chavis. Um, you know, all three haven't been great, but I guess technically Clawson is right. Did he start the season? No, he didn't. So, no. Uh, that, that takes kind of a gray area, Clawson. Yeah, that one's tough because, well, I think at that point we were expecting him to make the opening day roster. Uh, I mean, he does have a negative war this year. He's hitting 203, but again, he's only had 59 at bats. Uh, Christian Vasquez is hitting 256, and like Marwin Gonzalez is hitting 205. I would say out of the three, Marwin's been the, the worst, just given like the sample size. Yeah, um, I probably agree with that. And we, you're not factoring in defense because this is offensive. Yeah, this is offensive. So, yeah, probably. If we had to give it to somebody else, though, would we give it to Franchi? I feel like that's another great Oh No, no, no. Idea. I think it's got to go to Danny Santana. Danny Santana, I guess. But, like, again, Myron has played more games and been just as bad. Yeah. Not. I feel like part of, part of LVP has to be that you're consistently on this team. Like, Danny Santana wasn't on the team for a while. And now he's off the team. Franchi, same way. Right. Same with Chavis. So then are we giving it to Bobby Dahlbeck? I'd give it to like Garrett Richards, man. I think last time I <laughs> Oh wait, offensive. All right. Yeah, no, I'm all right. Yeah, my bad. Um I would say that Bobby is been better than Marwin. Yeah, I'd give it to Marwin, I yeah. think. Marwin has two home runs. He's hitting two oh five and has eighteen RBIs. His OPS is 582. Big yeah. Bob, on the other hand, has 10 home runs, 220. Both of those are better. 36 RBIs. I already forget what I said for Marwin. Um, like 18. And a, and a 672 OPS. Bob is, yeah. Bob is better. 
Therefore, Marwin is least valuable. You can get behind that. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a fair take. And then we move to the other side of the ball. We have the pitching LVP. I took Martin Perez, Steve. You had Garrett Richards and Alex Clawson. Who did you have? <laughs> All-star, Mr. All-star, Nathan Avaldi. <laughs> um, yeah. We have another good quote from you from this episode. I hate to keep throwing you under the bus, but. I deserve it. Uh, I just, I listened back and I wrote down what I heard. You said, Eovaldi will never be worth a dime of what he's getting paid Alex Clawson, Nathan Eovaldi just returned from a trip to Denver where he played in the All-Star game. What do you have to say about that? Wait, I mean, I feel like, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. Nobody nobody would have guessed that Nathan Eovaldi would be this good. No, none no. of us even expected him to pitch 24 games. Yeah, no. Okay, okay, okay. Just because nobody would expect him to be an All-Star caliber player does not mean – he would be the least valuable pitcher on the roster. All right, but like, think about Nathan Avaldi's tenure with this team. Twenty eighteen, least he... valuable Clausen. All right, but it's Worse it's all relative. It's all relative. Worse you have to you have to factor else. in that he's getting paid thirty million dollars. No, he's not. Yes, he, he is. Seventeen a year. I mean, oh, all a right, lot. whatever. All right, cut it in half. Million Seventeen million dollars. That's money. <laughs> I figured he would be pitching similar two guys in the back like Perez and Richards I figured he would have an ERA in like the fours four years and then, 68 million and then tack on that he's getting paid 17 million dollars it just makes it that much worse I mean yeah like I, no I get where you're coming from and even like I think it was May we had a question like who's moving back to the bullpen when sale comes back we all said Evaldi just because like he's the only one with bullpen experience uh but I certainly still wouldn't peg him as like the least valuable pitcher. Uh, I think Steve was the one who hit that right on the head so far. Uh, I think you got to give it to the guy who literally doesn't know where the ball is going when he throws it. He said, look guys, I can't really pitch without the sticky stuff. I might just need to retire. I found Richards, Garrett Richards. That's the guy. I found a list from 2015, and it was the top 50 players in uh, Major League Baseball. And Garrett Richards was like 48. Was he on the Angels? Like Saturday? yeah, yeah, that was like when he was peak, peak Angels. Garrett Richards. Um, and then my guy Martin Perez, he's been decent, although a lot of his stats. I saw something. I think it was Red Sox stats posted it. I guess he's, like, one of the luckiest pitchers in baseball right now. So, like, his numbers are, like, as low as they could be, basically. Uh, But, you know, he's got a 4.04 ERA. He had, like, two or three starts in a row there where he allowed, like, 100 runs in one inning. Uh, But beyond that, he's he's been serviceable this year. He's been serviceable. Yeah. I, I think I, I win. I would, I would certainly agree. Certainly agree. Next up, worst call-up. I think I won this one. I had Colton Brewer. You guys had Durbin Feltman. Uh, Durbin Feltman, I don't know where he is right now. <laughs> Me neither, man. No <laughs> Colton Brewer has pitched one inning and has a 36 ERA. So. Jesus. I don't uh, think Durbin Feltman's allowed in Boston. 
Uh, it's so sad, man. There was like rumors. Well, not rumors, but people when we drafted him in 2018, when the bullpen was like the, the key issue of like, are we going to win the World Series or not? People were like, Durbin Feldman's going to be the one. He's going to be the closer the by 2020, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, he's going to be the setup guy in the World Series. Like yeah. three months out of college. Steve, can you imagine graduating college being the setup guy for the Red Sox in the World Series? Like, right I can't after? imagine graduating college. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> next time, next time this year. Mm, yeah, let's not talk about it. But yeah, uh, uh, Kevin Feldman's not going to – Boston just – I don't know. Uh, let's see if I can find his uh, – is he with the Woo Sox or the Sea Dogs? I have no idea. Probably double A. Probably the Sea Dogs. I think he's also – Durbin Feldman this year in Portland. Yeah, so double A. 3.76 ERA in 21 games. And he is uh, have one save, so he's been all right. Yeah, but that's double A, and has yeah. not good either. He's a Cape Cod baseball league alumni. I didn't know that. Pitched for the Falmouth Commodores. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um. All right, then we've got the final one of the year, and I can confidently say we all crushed this one. This is a good one to end it on. Worst offseason pickup, Garrett Richards. He stinks. He's, he's been very, very bad for the majority of the season. He had a little stretch there uh, where he was he was okay. But uh, once he gets out of the first two innings, he's okay. But other than that, it's pretty bad. He's so bad. I would be surprised if we saw him next year. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I've got two final comments about this episode, which I found interesting. Uh, this was the this was the episode where the Alex Cora impact scale was born. Yeah, I remember doing that. We were yeah. putting this in my apartment, me and you, Cody. Yeah, this was the yeah we were together for this one. Uh, yeah, I who who made it? I think it was you. I I had the idea. I was like, we should have. Or no, I said, how much impact do you think Alex Cora will bring to the team this year? And you were like, a lot of impact. And I was like, how much impact? And then you, we like figured out the scale. We were trying to decide if it was going to be like 20 to 80 or like zero to 100. And then Steve, you had the idea for the zero to one scale. And then Klaus was like, decimals just make this way too confusing. <laughs> yeah. And Klaus still has not gotten a good handle on how it works to this day. Still, still no idea how this whole deal works. <laughs> And the other thing I wanted to say quickly uh, was we mentioned multiple times that we were going to talk a lot about Shohei Otani and what we thought was going to happen for this upcoming year. And we just didn't, although we did make some remarks during our general MLB segment. Yeah. We talked about him a little, I had a take about him that we'll yeah. get here in like a minute, probably we'll two in a minute. Uh, so yeah. So who, someone just total all these up. Yep. So I went from, I started with Marwin, 20, 129 and a half games all the way down to Chavis or Arroyo with games. And did you like count the ones like according to the pace? Yeah. So okay. I said like right. for like the Marwin over under 129, like Gardner, you said over. So I didn't count you a point for that because he's on pace for 125 games. Okay. So you want to go over the standings? Uh, go for it. Yeah, tell us. So. In first place. Wait, no, probably. no, 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 no. Start the other way. Start the other way. In last place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you expect? 
<laughs> I just want to hear you say it. I and myself with eight <laughs> correct. Eight out of how many? Uh, you know? Probably like what? 18? 18. 18. Yeah. So yeah. I get 10 wrong. That's not all right. That's not terrible. It's fine. Um, Steve had 11. Probably because you didn't do anything for Dahlbeck. Like that, that kind of killed you. Yeah. You went 11 out of 18. And then one Andrew Gardner went 12 out of 18. Let's go. (laughs) I think, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Honestly, I would have expected Steve to have the most if I was. There's a couple in there that are like close, like JD home runs. And uh, I don't know. I think that's actually the only one. Bogarts is technically at what on pace for 183, even though we all picked over. Technically, yeah. So there's like a couple that like we were still pretty close. Like we set a good good line, or Guardy set a good line rather. So yeah, uh, Vegas Sportsbook. I'll be waiting for the call for a job offer to work for you guys to set over under lines. Email us at Converge. <laughs> uh, yeah, please, please do. Um, all right, should we? What do we want to do here? We're we're an hour into the episode. And- and we just got through our first segment. Um, let's do we want to quickly run through the general MLB talk from yeah. our preseason? I bet we could do this in like 10 minutes. Yeah, let's just fire minutes. through these. All right. All right. We'll start with MVP. Unless it's really bad, we won't talk too much about each category. So MVP, AL, <laughs> Alex Clausen, Steve Brady, Mike Trout, Andrew Gardner. <laughs> Matt Chapman. <laughs> Over three. <laughs> yeah. Over three. Uh, NL MVP, Clawson and I had Ronald Acuna, which was looking good there until he got hurt. Uh, and Steve, you had Mookie Betts with Juan Soto as a close second. Yep. Neither Although, yep. Over three. <laughs> Over three. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know who said this. Wait. I don't have it written. I think it was Steve, but you said Otani could be in MVP oh, contention. Yeah, I said that if he – has an above average year pitching and an above average year hitting that it's hard to give an MVP to somebody who doesn't do both of those things. Yeah. Here, actually, here's the quote. I found it. Uh, and I think in a fully loaded season, he could win Cy Young and MVP. So obviously he's not going to do that, but he's having a, yeah, he's having a really quite, good year. Not quite good at good at enough at pitching. Not quite. Uh, Clawson, you also said Ronald Acuna is a lock for 40-40. He was like – he was probably going to hit that with homers, stolen bases. He was on pace for like 32. Close enough. I mean, but, now uh, it's not happening, of yeah, course. But it stinks. I'm really bummed out that he tore his ACL. Not because he's also on our fantasy team, but also because love. is on pace for 50-40. Really? Really. Wow. That dude is just unbelievable. He is so good. So good. Um, all right, moving to the AL Cy Young. Clawson, you had Shane Bieber. Steve, you had Shohei Otani. And I had Lucas Giolito. 0 for 3. 0 for 3. Yeah, none of those guys. None of those guys are doing that good. All right, we're about to hit one finally here. Clawson and I for the NL. Steve, you called us uh, a name for having a, a safe pick here. But we both took Jacob deGrom. We took Jack Flaherty. Yeah. Jack Got Flaherty out. has found a comfortable position on the 60-day IL, I believe. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> ah, not great. <clears throat> not great. Uh, all right, moving to the Rookie of the Year. Clawson for the AL had a Rosarena. Steve, you had Dahlbeck. I had a Rosarena. I think that's going to be an O for three. 
Yeah, Adolis Garcia is too good. Too good. And the NL, we had Clawson. You had Key Brian Hayes on the uh, Pirates. Steve, you had Joey Bart on the Giants. And I oh, had – That was a nonsense pick. I don't think he's played yet. I don't think – yeah, Steve, I think you – did you look at a list and then just yeah. pick one? I looked at a list and it was like top five guys in the NL that might get called up this year. And I was like, Giants fans need a win right now. And I said, I'll pick Joey Bart for you guys. Joey Bart's had six at-bats this year, two hits. He, so, I mean, he's technically hitting 333. <laughs> That's pretty good. And I picked uh, for this one, I picked Sixto Sanchez, who I don't think is pitched this year because he's been hurt. Uh, Wait, who saw some pick? He picked – Brian Hayes. Yeah, Key Brian Hayes. Is he good? Let's he see. was supposed to be. He was yeah. the front runner for M- or, um, Rookie of the Year, but I don't know how he's doing. I don't pay attention to Padres baseball. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> plays for the Pirates. Same thing. Uh, he's doing all right. He's hitting 261. Four home runs, 18 RBI. Nothing crazy to write home I think about. A pitcher in the NL that's like probably going to win rookie of the year. Yeah. Carlos yeah. Rogers. I picked. No, it's uh, Trevor. Right? Trevor Rogers. Trevor Rogers. Yeah. Trevor Rogers. Actually, he was Clawson. He was at the. He pitched the game we went to. Did he? Yeah. He pitched for the Marlins. What? Yeah. Damn, they smoked them. I know. Uh, so to be fair, I picked the winner for the NL Rookie of the Year, or I picked the right team for the NL Rookie of the Year in the AL Cy Young, just not the right player. Uh, all right, and then moving into Manager of the Year, uh, Steve or Clawson for AL, you had Joe Madden of the Angels. Steve, you had Charlie Montoya of the Blue Jays. I had Alex Cora of the Boston Red Sox. I think that Alex Cora is probably the best pick as of right now. I still don't think the writer is going to vote for him. And I also think that there's a good chance the Blue Jays get hot in the second half and he still wins it. So. Yeah, I could see Montoyo winning that. Uh, and then in the NL, Steve and Clawson, you guys both had Jace Tingler of the San Diego Padres. And I took Mike Schilt of the St. Louis Cardinals. I think Gabe Kapler's kind of got that under wraps yeah. right now for the Giants. He's, but He's running away. But both I not bad picks with Tangler. Uh, and then let's see here. Uh, we've got some quotes. Steve, you said Dodgers will fall apart. You had them finishing in third place, I think. In the NL West? Or maybe not in third. I don't think in the, no, maybe that was something third. else. I think I had them as like the second wild yeah. card. Yeah, yes, yeah, I think that's what it was. Also, comeback player of the year. We all had Trey Mancini for the AL, and then Clawson was the only pick for the NL. He said David Price. I think I said Daniel Bard could win too. Oh, yes, you did. Yep. And Steve, you also said the Cardinals will have more wins than the Padres. That looked pretty decent for a time there. It did. The Cardinals have struggled. We'll see if the offense can kind of come around in the second half here. Uh, and then for our AL East predictions, Steve and I had the Red Sox. Clausen? Can we can we move on? No. This needs to be said. Who this might take? be my worst. Hey, if you guys thought my takes were bad before, oh boy, it doesn't get any better. We're waiting. Building the suspense. I'm not going to say it. I had the Savages taking the A at least. No. The team was 0-7 against the Red Sox? Yeah, I guess, man. I don't know. Oh, good Lord. Good Lord. Uh, 
So our World Series predictions. Steve and I both had A's versus Cardinals. Steve had the A's winning. I had the Cardinals winning. I also said the Chicago White Sox were my like one B. Yes. For the AL. And both those guys, both those teams have been good. I believe are in first place right now. Uh, the A's are in second, yeah, not too far behind the Astros, but the White Sox are probably going to win the Central. And the NL picks were pretty rough, I'm not going to lie. I mean, we both took the Cardinals. Clawson, you took the Braves. Oh, wait, I didn't even say who Clawson took for the entire American League, too. Who'd you take? <laughs> it's like, it's, it pains me to say. Uh, but I took the Boston Red Sox to make it to the World <laughs> Get <team>. out of here. <laughs> I took the Yankees. I really like I I thought this team was blown so much money they just it was it was bound to happen like they they were so underachieving for so long they had gotten knocked out so many times after spending so much money on players that are supposed to be good and now this team is just garbage I think Giancarlo Stan is striking out left and right Garrett Cole can't pitch without sticky shit Aroldis Chapman sucks you sound mad about this I mean, yeah. Is again, I don't know who recorded episode twenty-one, but it clearly was not myself. I think it was a closeted Yankees fan. It must have been. I think it was too. Uh, so those were our picks for that stuff. Actually, costing you the Braves winning the World Series over the Yankees. Not happening. Uh, so, some other quick quotes. Uh, Clawson, you said Pedroia should hand down the Laser Show nickname to Franchi Cordero. Um, I said that our outfield was kind of mediocre, which was not good. Uh, and Clawson, you said I'm all aboard the Franchi train. You know, well. uh, Steve, was it your cousin that said that my Franchi stuff drove him up a wall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's driving me up a wall now, too. <laughs> this dude stinks. Oh, put that in writing. Um, put, I put all my eggs in the wrong basket. Yeah, you did. They certainly it's like, did. It's like a basket without a bottom. Yeah, certainly did. So there were all our picks from the preseason. We reviewed them. Midseason, the Red Sox are exceeding expectations, doing great. It was a fun all-star break. Uh, and obviously, once uh, once the end of the season hits, we won't really go over this stuff like as in-depth because we're going to have a focus, hopefully, on the playoffs and, uh, and uh, either a wild card series or a division series to focus on. Should, so, we, um, should we do a hot take for the second half of the season? Ooh, I like that. That's a great idea. All right. Give me a second to think here. Um, let me think. Here's my – oh, you got a hot take, Austin? I don't know if it's hot, but somebody is going to break Roger Maris's AL home run record. It's going to happen. What is it? 62. 61. Showtime is on pace for that. Otani's on pace, and Guerrero just hit 30. Hit, just hit his 30th yesterday. Right. Okay, I like that. So I think – I don't know how bold that is because it's it's pretty much just like if they stay on that same pace, it's going to happen. All right. But the um, record's getting broken. I got uh, – Eddie is going to have a sub – ERA for the second half. Really? Okay. I like that. I'm going to say 
my um what's it my hot take is going to be that hmm, i'm gonna say that i really I, hmm, I don't know what to go with here i'm gonna say that by the end of the season or for the second half of the season Uh, Alex Verdugo is going to lead the team in hits. The math almost doesn't add up. Just for the second half of the season. Oh, just for the second. I thought you meant like yeah, total. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, okay. no, no. Second half of the season, Alex Verdugo is going to lead the team in hits. Okay. All right. I would love that. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. You would have that mash. He's just got to mash more than Devers and Bogarts and JD. Not kind of for not the full easy, season, uh, just, just for the second half. That's still yeah. a difficult feat to accomplish. I however, I think he can do it. That's why it's a hot it. take. Him that and why. I feel like him and Duran are just going to be like, it's going to be like one two punch in the outfield. Him, Duran, and Kike is just like an electric outfield. Oh, I agree. They're out though. Like those three guys together, it's yeah, a party. Do you need Renfro out there, though? In my opinion, I just yeah, you do. Um, all right, real quick before we move into this, uh, some of this like analysis of uh, the past series, All Star break came and went. What did uh, any quick thoughts on the All Star game, the home run derby, all that? Home run derby is better than the NBA dunk contest. 100%. I 100% agree. Dunk contest sucks. Yeah. And it's only gotten worse since 2016. 2016, it was good. Now it's bad. And the home run derby is electric. That Showtime Soto first round, fire me up. That was Bold awesome. take, caught take about the, uh, the home run derby. The first round is better than the finals. I, I agree with that. Also, uh, my bracket was almost perfect. Yeah. Almost. Awesome. almost completely I, I saved you from something, but you said if Trey Mancini makes the finals, there was like some part in the last episode that you were like, post this everywhere if he makes the finals. He made the finals. And I also had Pete Alonzo winning. The only matchup I got wrong was the Trevor Story, uh, Joey Gallo. Yeah, Joey no. Gallo disappointed. Yeah, it was close. I did say that the low seed usually wins. In the first round, all the lower seeds won. So, yep. And my logic for picking Joey Gallo was so I didn't pick every low seed. <laughs> Win some, lose some. Um, the jerseys were pretty ugly for the All Star game, in my opinion. Yeah, I kind of liked them. They were better really? than I expected. The white ones weren't terrible, I guess, but the blue ones were hideous. I actually liked the blue. Really? Yeah, I thought they were kind of clean. Nah. I didn't really like them. MLB jerseys have been hit or miss this year. I decided yeah. I hate the red Miami jerseys. Really? Yeah, I hate those. I like those. Did you guys see the Giants City Connect jerseys? Yeah, those are weird. Yeah, I wasn't. I don't think I saw them. They were pretty they, basic. Them they were just very modern, and the Giants jerseys have never been modern. Like the White Sox look fresh. The White those Sox are sick. Look awesome. I would say that the White Sox 
How do you not? I like the Marlins. I would say the White Sox, the Marlins, and the Red Sox. I don't like the three. blue and the red. And really, I like that. Uh, who else? Uh, the Diamond. Can't see. Eh, yeah, I thought they were okay. The Diamondbacks were kind of cool, mm-hmm. like the gold, the Serpientes. The Giants one? You don't like the Giants one? Not yeah. really. The Cubs ones were okay. Cubs ones are okay. But the, the White Sox ones were, were hot. Very nice. Um, and, yeah, Home Run Derby was good. And, yeah, that was All-Star good. All-Star game was really fun. Can I, can I have a hot take here? Yeah. I'm no. not a big – I'm not a big fan of the All-Star game. Why not? I think I think the All-Star game is pretty boring, in my opinion. I, I've never – like, I I think the Home Run Derby is much more fun to watch. I like watching the All-Star game. I like seeing the introductions. I like seeing, like, the first inning. And then after that, it's just like – I don't know. It's I just don't find it that exciting. I like the, the first four innings are always fun because it's always, like, the big stars, and they always mic everybody up. And yeah. it's like kind of, it's like it's almost like much watch TV for the first four innings. And then after that, you're changing position players out like every two outs. Yeah, you do have to get yeah. I think too many people in the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's like I, I don't know. And I like the Freddie Freeman mic'd up. Having Xander mic'd up at bat was interesting. Like was he weird. just wasn't talking to them, and which I could understand. Like he's trying to get a hit, dude. Yeah, I know. Joe Bucks in his ears, like Xander, you think a fastball's coming? It's like I don't know, Joe. <laughs> Shut <laughs> Come up, down Joe. here and try and hit one. And you, know then, uh, had, you know who had maybe the best mic'd up was Tatis. Was just, oh, that wasn't what did I you, was going to say. Did you see that he was at shortstop, and I'm there was this video that was going around everywhere. He's like talking to Joe Buck. And Vladdy's up at the plate, and they're talking about Vladdy. And Vladdy uncorks maybe the longest home run I had seen the entire weekend, like almost scratched the back of the stadium. And Tatis, like second it hits the bat, he just like puts his hands on his head, and he's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Vladdy. I was going to say the, the Liam Hendricks mic'd up where he's just dropping F-bombs on live TE. I, did I not missed that one. Yeah, I did not see that. that was that was pretty cool. Uh, I like that. Um, all right, should we move into uh, some quick Red Sox talk? And yeah, we gotta fire through this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this whole series before the All Star break sucked. I didn't yeah, like terrible. Them. I don't even want to talk about them because they're in the past and let the past be the past. The Red Sox played the Phillies before the break. That's all I gotta say about that. The Red Sox are still in first place. Um, and we've got a – well, we were supposed to have a four-game series against the Yankees, and then they decided to break out the virus because they were scared to play us. And uh, right. the first game was postponed. It's going to be made up, I think, what, August 17th? Uh, but Red Sox took game one last night in the Bronx – Four to nothing, a shutout by Eddie Rodriguez. Bullpen came in, shut it down as well. We're seven and zero against the Yankees. We're just we're just completely dominating them. I mean, they did. They're they're not. It doesn't even look like they're having fun out there. The Yankees. Yeah, I mean, half of their team was gone yesterday. I didn't I didn't recognize half of their lineup. I mean, the bottom three guys, I had no idea who they were. But hey, COVID. But yeah, Aaron Judge had COVID. You know, who's it like Judge or Shell? A uh, couple bullpen guys. 
Did Judge the Yankees... get the All-Star game? Yeah, he was starting. <laughs> how does not what? I don't know. So what I read on Friday was that they had Devers and Bogarts at I know Devers was especially in isol or quarantine or whatever, but I think he played yesterday, right? Yeah. No, the like, thing was, was nobody was, on the Red Sox got taken out. No, and also they were like, yeah, we're going to contact Trace from Colorado. Like, there's no way – and they they put nobody into COVID protocol. Like, there's no way you can tell me that Judge wasn't around, like, somebody for more than, like, 15 minutes or wasn't around somebody. Yeah, like, the, the entire league doesn't have COVID. It's yeah, I know. Hard to believe. Um, but, again, I, if I'm the MLB, you know, obviously you want to try and keep the players on the field. But, uh, yeah, no Judge for the series, no Urshela for the series, a couple other – Guys on the Yankees, we were not going to see them in the series. Uh, so if we win tonight, I guess we technically win the series or at least split it. Uh, Are they got... making up that game on Friday? Uh, they're going to make it up the next time they're in the Bronx. In, Thursday, um, you mean? Yeah, they're going to make it up the next time they're in the Bronx in August because it's supposed to rain this weekend too. Hopefully we'll get the game in tonight. Uh, it's Garrett Cole versus Nathan Eovaldi, two all-stars. So wait, what happens if Garrett Cole goes out and he can't use his spider tack and it's rainy? It's gonna be like, it's gonna be like Garrett Richards out there, man. It's not gonna be good. Close your eyes and pray. For God's sake. I thought it was really funny last week when when Garrett Cole had that moment against the Astros where Boone came out to take him out. He was like, "I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm finishing this game." And he struck him out, and Yankees fans. We're like, see, look at what this team can do. Garrett Cole is back, baby. And the next day, they proceed to blow a six-run lead in the ninth and just drag them straight back down to reality. It uh, it brings me great joy. It brings me great joy, not just seeing them struggle, but seeing them get glimpses of hope. Like, we can do this. And then get it dragged down. I made a bet with somebody last week. I think it was like the night of that Cole start. They were like, the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. And I was like, they're absolutely not. He was like, 20 bucks on it. And I was like, easiest bet I've ever made. Oh, so looking forward to that payout. That is good stuff. Great stuff. Um, so, yeah, series against the Yankees. Uh, this is a really important two-week stretch. Man, more like two-and-a-half-week stretch for the, for the Red Sox. So from now until August 2nd, we do not have an off day. We've got two more against the Yankees, three against Toronto, four against the Yankees, four against Toronto, three against Tampa Bay. This is the two and a half weeks that will either make or break the season. Yeah, this is like the AL East gauntlet. Legitimately, like this is the this is the toughest stretch the rest of the schedule. Like, you know, August is tough too, but you know, we still we got Detroit in there, we got Texas, got Minnesota, like um, you know, we still got a series against Baltimore. Uh, still got a series against Seattle. Actually, we got two against Baltimore. So, I mean, the rest of the way, we got some more winnable games. But, like, the next two and a half weeks, man, this is going to – this is really going to prove if this team is ready for the postseason. It's go time. And you have to think this is the right time because everybody's coming back. Everybody's getting called up. Mm-hmm. This team hasn't even – seen its full potential yet yes um i think for next week's episode we can talk a little bit more because this is already a loaded episode but next week we can talk more about the trade deadline and what we think is going to happen because that's only two weeks away 
And uh, I would expect the Red Sox to make a move or two. And the other thing is that we can completely just bury the Yankees here the next two weeks as well. Yeah, pretty much. Sounds so, Come away with two series wins going into yeah. August. Yeah, they could totally I mean, that's, do it. That's a tough hole to climb out of. A thousand percent. And uh, in 2018, the Yankees were – it was, I think, a five-and-a-half game lead. We had a five-and-a-half game lead on them coming into that four-game series at the beginning of August. And if the Yankees were like, if we sweep, it's one-and-a-half games. And we swept, and it went to nine-and-a-half games. And that was that was the the nail in the coffin right there. That was the kicker. The Yankees only only gained a game and a half on us, and we beat them by eight games to win the division that year. Uh, so, any other stuff for the Red Sox this week? Uh, I don't really have much. You know, Eddie looked good last night. Sox won. Um, the thing that I really liked was the way that this six man rotation is going to work out. If you guys watched the game last night, Tanner Houck pitched three innings, and I yeah. thought that this is the the thing about the six-man rotation I didn't realize because you have that extra day. Tanner Houck is the last guy in the rotation, so he's still got another five days to go until he pitches. I don't think he pitches until Wednesday. Wait, are there so, – are... So, like, Erod – like, we'll put, like, Erod is, like, the one guy, and then there's still another four guys, and then you hit Houck. So mm. he doesn't pitch until Wednesday. Uh... So the fact that you have that extra day, you can now take a little more pressure off the bullpen. Oh, I didn't realize that he's starting Wednesday. Yeah. So you can now uh, throw guys in into the bullpen if you need to kill two or three innings like they did last night with Hauk. Oh, interesting. I like it, I I like like it a lot. Like it. And like, it'll only get better once sale comes up. And, like, it's important that your bullpen goes in rested for the postseason. Yeah. So, like, if you can, like, say yesterday – if Erod could only go four innings, instead of burning through like five guys in the bullpen, you can take that pitcher who is last on the rotation or isn't pitching for another couple of days, have him burn a couple innings, and then you're good to go. You've effectively gained another Garrett Whitlock. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was Tanner House. Yeah, second bullpen appearance of his career. He looked good. I got. He was lights out. Got nothing to complain about. Three innings, one hit. Movement on that on those balls is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my gosh. His I mean, sinker is disgusting. Legitimately, like his stuff is very similar to a uh, to a right-handed Chris Sale. Christopher London Sale. Isn't it Christopher Allen Sale? I don't know. I know Carabas calls him Christopher London Sale. Speaking of Chris Sale, he pitched in Florida a couple days ago. Three scoreless innings. Who? I don't know who he was playing against. Who? Chris Sale? Sale. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing it was like low A ball, but three scoreless innings is pretty impressive. Nonetheless, it's a good sign. Go Chris Sale. Can't wait for that guy to be back. So excited. So excited that we're getting a seven-time All-Star, a Cy Young finalist many years uh, back on the roster very, very soon. So, That'll be a huge jump for this team. Uh, we kind of touched on it earlier, but Jaron Duran's coming up. Mar went to the IL, uh, and then how came up, and they DFA'd Austin Bryce yet again. Uh, so how how excited are we for a little uh, Jaron Duran action finally? And are we right. rolling? We rolling with the Wolf nickname? Probably not, but. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm really excited to see Duran because this is like the biggest prospect call up in a few years, I'd say. Maybe yeah, probably since, since Devers. Since Benny? No. Devers? Probably since Devers. Yeah. Yeah. Since Devers. I remember when Benny got called up. I think it's gonna be a similar vibe. Even though like Benny be. was like way higher on the top one hundred than Duran. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh we'll see. I, I'm just yeah, I'm curious to see what he does. He really, you know, lit it up in uh Worcester. We saw his hitting take a huge step this year. So we'll see what he can do in Boston. And again, we need more left-handed bats. So that's a huge, huge help out from him right there. Go Duran. Go, Clawson. You still call him Daddy Duran? <laughs> no. Until he starts raking, I don't think I can call him that. He's got to earn he's that. Yet. Yeah. If I'm going to throw my pride out the window and call him that, he's got to earn it. <laughs> That's fair enough. That is fair enough. He's got to uh, I think. I think so. Um, what else do we have here? Oh, the draft. The Red Sox draft. We had the number four overall selection last Sunday in the draft. I was pretty confident we were going to take uh, Jack Leiter there, but the guy we ended up with, I'm excited, very excited, Marcelo Meyer. And was he supposed to be the fourth best prospect in the draft? No, he wasn't. Uh, fifth, fifth best? So we reached on him. That's kind of uh, he was. He wasn't even. Was he? Third. Was he at least top ten? Barely. Barely. Damn. He. Uh, I'm blue. Must have seen something special in this. You want to? You know? You want to know where a lot of people ranked him? Um. Yeah. Tell I'm me. sitting down. Like nine. I'm clutching onto my seat. I'm Not racing nine, for this. Okay. Ten times. He. Uh, he was supposed to go first overall. What? <laughs> And we got him at four. We got him at four. He was supposed to go first overall. Did he have like a Did he have like a Laramie Tunsil incident? <laughs> there was no bong and gas mask involved in this one. I can I can assure you of that. Uh, so what a wild story that was. That was electric. Um, we got a good guy. I mean, I'm really disappointed that we didn't get Jack Leiter. I'm, I'm I, disappointed that we didn't get Jack Leiter. I I was disappointed. We didn't get Jack Leiter for the five minutes in between not having him and not having Marcelo Meyer. Or Mayer? Mayer? Meyer. I don't know. Either way, this dude's supposed to be a tank. The comparison I keep seeing is Corey Seager at the plate and Brandon Crawford in the field. Which, Oh, baby. I don't know how you get any better than that. I mean, there's better offensive shortstops than Corey Seager, but there isn't a better defensive shortstop. Than Brandon Crawford. So when healthy, yeah. Corey Seager is a top five offensive shortstop in the league. Right, he can hit for a decent average and power. Yeah, this guy's gonna be a five tooler. Yeah, he's gonna be really good. And I saw a lot of people saying like, Zanda's got to be so pissed about this. Like, first of all, it's out of high school. Yeah, I was gonna say first of all, this is not like the NFL draft or the NBA draft where you draft solely at a position you have a need for, and then they come in, slot in. Like, if you have a bad quarterback. And you have the first pick, draft a quarterback, he comes and starts. Like, this is not the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Like, like it's, not, ML- it's not even a Cam Newton and uh, Mac Jones situation where right. he could potentially take over the job. It's not even 
close. We, we are at least three to four years away from seeing this kid in the big leagues. And at that point, maybe we're competing for a World Series and we need a starting pitcher, a really good starting pitcher. So you trade him off or, you know, maybe Xander at that point is – his arm isn't as good and you move him to second base or third base or whatever, you know, you don't know, or you move Marcelo to second base. Like you don't know you draft based on who is the best available talent. And we got, again, these guys are the hardest, hardest to kind of know where their career is going to play out to be. So yeah, we got the best. A lot can happen in four years. I bet if you tried to tell people, like if, if somebody tried to predict what the starting nine in the Boston Red Sox would be in four years, you would maybe get two positions, right? Probably. Like Rafael Devers and Alex Verdugo in the outfield are like the only guarantees that are going to be like where they are right now. I mean, even look at 2018 to now, if you at the, the second we won the world series in 2018, you said, tell me what the opening day 2021 roster is going to look like. I guarantee you. 90% 90% of people would say Mookie Betts is in right and Andrew Benintendi is in left. Yeah. Not and they're quite. not here. Probably they're not here. Include Jackie in there. They might. Yeah, they might, uh, you know, and, you know, they would probably say, you know, Pedroia might still be playing. Like you just, you don't know. Clausen? Awesome. Yeah. Garner back to your point. I mean, I don't mean to like reel back here, but back to your point, there really isn't a situation where this Marcelo Meyer thing doesn't work out unless he just turns into this colossal bust, which I would be shocked about, but, he either is starting every day for this team and he's a tank or you trade him for some, for somebody like an immediate need. That's going to be a very, very high quality talent. Yeah. I, um, I do think that our farm system needs a little bit of more depth for the pitching, but a lot of the hitters that we have right now, like, like it's starting to get rebuilt. Like we have blaze Jordan, Tristan Casas, Nick Decker. Now we have Marcel Meyer. Like Jeter it, Downs. Jeter Downs. Yeah. So I mean it's it's getting a lot, a lot better. Um, and we'll see if a guy like you know, like Jay Groom can like finally kind of turn it around. Or that other kid. Uh, he's even he's ranked even higher than Jay Groom. Oh, Mata? Yeah, Mata. But yeah, I think he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, I think he had Tommy John. So we'll see. We'll see about it. you know, you know what would be cool? What if we had a, a Red Sox draft pick on the show? That would be that pretty would be cool, cool. especially cool. if he was if he was like a top five round selection. That would be cool. That would be sweet. Yeah. Hmm. Just a thought. Yeah, hopefully one day. Yeah, maybe one day. Um. All right. I'm trying to think. Let's. I, I don't really have much for Alex Cora Impact Player of the Week. Like, should we just close out the nine? Yeah. I got. I got. Wait, we got. You I have an Alex Cora Impact Player of the Week. Okay. All right. Go for it. I mean, with all these all-star festivities, there's a lot of time that you got to spend in front of the TV. You know, we're all working men. Oh, we certainly are all working men. We don't have a lot of time between work, sleep, and baseball to go get some other necessities done. So where are you going with this? So I'd like to award my Alex Core Impact Player of the Week to Instacart. Because what? Instacart... If you didn't know, is an online grocery delivery service that allows you to handpick a variety of fresh foods and products. Forget that ingredient you need to make your famous dish while watching All Star Weekend. Order it through Instacart with delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour. 
can shop multiple stores, see details in your area. They'll help you save money, and every item is hand-selected at the store to fit even the most specific needs. Always handle your items with care to make sure it gets to you in one place. And to spark your summer celebration, your all-star celebration, with free delivery on your first order of $35 or more through Instacart, Deliveries are subject to availability and terms apply. Use the link in our show notes for the offer and help support your boys at Gone Bridge. Instacart, never step foot in a grocery store again. Woo. Uh, guys thought that you could get away from Instacart for the week. No. Yeah. It seems like a lot of you guys are stepping foot in grocery stores, and I'm just going to tell you right now that you can never step foot in a grocery store again. And if given the option between stepping foot in a grocery store and not stepping foot in a grocery store – if I were one of the listeners, I would personally not step foot in a grocery store. Ever again? Potentially. Potentially. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there was no no featured ad for this week uh, just because of, of the All-Star Weekend. Uh, no, ad, no ads this week. No free ads. No fake ads. So uh, we'll, I'm sure next week we'll have something for that. Uh, Terry, Terry's Fireworks is still... Uh, Hey, still, still in the pack. Uh, we have, we have one ask on bridge question for this week. Okay. I wasn't aware of this, but cool. All right. Uh, this comes in from Matt. Matt. (laughs) (laughs) He said, fellas, another question. What's the crappiest vacation experience you've ever had? Vacation vacation experience i can go first yeah let me think i got two uh i think it was probably i was probably like 11 or 12 we were driving back from virginia made a stop in ocean city maryland and hurricane sandy was fast or no it wasn't hurricane i forget what hurricane it was but it was fast on our tails so we got into ocean city just never been there before and everything's like boarded up it's like a ghost town we had to like evacuate it was uh, not pleasant. And my other one was, I think I was in second or third grade and we were supposed to go to Florida. It was February. So our flight got canceled because of the snow. So my dad was like, screw it. We're driving down. Cause they couldn't get us out there for another like three days. So we rented a car, uh, but there were no cars big enough. We had six people going and there were only five seats in the car. So most of the trip, Pulled a very illegal move here. I was sitting on that little console in between the driver's seat and the uh, passenger seat on my knees. Again, I was a lot younger, so it was, it was, a, it was an easy fit. But uh, any sudden braking or uh, fast acceleration, I probably probably would have been a goner. So Yeah, right through that windshield. <laughs> those are the two worst like vacation experiences I can remember. Uh. When I was little, we went to Disney World, which was overall a great trip. But one time we were at Epcot, and if you've ever been to Disney World, you could take buses to and fro places. Mm -hmm. It started absolutely downpouring, like torrential downpour. And there was a huge line for the bus. And I just remember sitting like on a bench for like 45 minutes, just in the rain, like waiting for a bus to like go back to like wherever we were staying, which was overall a great trip. Great trip as a child. But uh, that 45 minutes, I was like, I'm wet right now. Far too wet. Um, when I was little, so my family always goes up to Maine for a week. And we stay at the same place. It's a very nice vacation. And uh, one year, I think this was pro- like at least, well, more than 10 years ago. 
we uh, we went to this restaurant. We used to go around the 4th of July and we were in this restaurant on the water and it was so hot outside. And then some drunk driver on the same road just like slammed right into a telephone pole, knocked the power out on the entire street, including the restaurant we were in. So no AC. It's so hot outside and they couldn't like cook anything because the power was out. So like everybody in the restaurant was just sweating like profusely. There's some picture of me where like I <laughs> and I had like shorter hair than I do now. Not that I have long hair, but like I was so sweaty that I could spike my hair like straight up and it would stay. That's gross. It was, it was bad. That's really, <laughs> that's really gross. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Yeah, it wasn't uh, fun. Yeah, that doesn't sound good at all. Um, yeah, I'm trying to trying to think. Yeah, those are just some crappy crappy experiences we've had. Um, do we have anything for make baseball fun again? Or uh, I thought of something like a couple of days ago, but I forgot about it. Um, <laughs> my base. I have two. Number one, um, they need to bring the All Star Weekend back to Fenway. Cause I need to see another, I like actually need to see a home run derby at Fenway. Yeah. The mass pike would just be like a, a target zone. Bad like, day to be driving off the mass. Pike. They would have to close that section of the mass pike. It would just be would. balls flying. Um, second thing, all-star game. I think my favorite part of the all-star game is the stand up to cancer thing. That's mm. pretty sick. Yeah. Um, I saw, I think Vlad Guerrero put like Trey Mancini on it. That was yeah. pretty sweet. Um, cool moment. Shout out Trey Mancini. Love it. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything. Oh, I'll say I don't. I'll say for make baseball fun again. Uh, I really liked what the MLB did this year with the draft. They seem to make it more like I don't know. Like normally it's been yeah, basically like it seemed more like the NFL draft, the NBA draft, where you know they had more uh analysts and it was like in an actual like they had fans like normally it's in that mlb network studio which is like cool but like it's kind of just like low-key i feel like i like what they did this year it seemed like they tried to broaden it a little bit um although i will say if the stanley cup had gone to seven games it would have fallen at the exact same time as that game so it's kind of a tough look for rob manfred i know that didn't happen but like still rob manfred is just not exactly the smartest guy, but I do I do like the direction they went with that this year. Oh, and I also will say uh, I like that Rob Manfred said that this is going to be the final year for the seven-inning doubleheaders and most likely the final year for the extra inning – or extra runner on second in extra innings. Good. Yeah, because those I, rules stink. I don't like the um, – I love, I love the runner on second base rule. I don't hate it. I think it would be better though if it was like the 13th inning it started or something like that. And also just like not to have that in the postseason. Nah. I don't know. I thought it made extras a little more exciting and they moved way quicker. Yeah, it does, but like you can fly out twice and take the lead. Mm. Yeah. So what? I mean, ex- you don't want like extras to be. I don't know. Forever. I think in the playoffs, it's fine. But For the playoffs, it's fine, yeah. But like the regular it. season, like yeah. a Tuesday night Red Sox-Mariners game, like I don't want to watch yeah. 14 yeah, no, innings fair. of that. That's fair. Uh, I am happy they're getting rid of I think the, the big step there is getting rid of the seven-inning doubleheaders, especially when you pay full price for 
a nine inning game and you only get seven. Uh, pretty, pretty crappy. Uh, Klaus, you got any notes for us before we close out the ninth? Um, yeah, it's kind of a question. Gardner, when you scoop ice cream, mm-hmm. do you only scoop with one arm or do you scoop with both? I scoop with one arm. Is one arm significantly bigger than the other? Uh, yeah, actually, you can't really see. Uh, kind of, yeah. My right forearm is like way, way more defined than my left one. Do Maybe you start like working the hold, left. Do you hold the tub steady with your left hand? Uh, so some like sometimes I'll take the tub out if it's like low, and I'll like put it up on the counter. We have like a counter that I'll like scoop it on there, or if it's full, I'll just like leave it in and I'll bend over, and I'll uh, I'll scoop it. Actually. This is a funny story. I, uh, well, actually, the reason this episode is being pushed to Saturday was because I was at work till like an ungodly hour Thursday. So apologies for that. But uh, I was scooping, or I was, we have like a Facebook page and I was looking on it a couple of weeks ago and some lady like took a picture. So we have like these takeout windows and she took a picture like into the inside and was like, oh, I love this place. And it's just like a picture of me like bent over like the counter, like just my ass in the picture. <laughs> like I was like, that's wonderful. Like, yeah. So yeah, uh, but yeah, my right right forearm definitely is uh, a little more defined than the left one. There you go, as so, expected. Yes. Um, all right, closing out the ninth. What do we got? Go Red Sox. Woo! That's all I got. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, back to the All-Star game. Back to mic'd up. I just remembered Chris Bryant was also mic'd up, and Joe Buck basically just asked him how it feels to be on an 11-game losing streak. And he, re- he really just ripped into Chris Bryant. I kind of felt bad. He handled it very well. But he was like, yeah, how does it's it tough. feel that the Cubs suck? And he's like – I got oh man, just <laughs> doing me, I guess. Nice. Um, my closing at the ninth thought. Let's get metal bats in for the home run derby. That would be really cool. And I think that might some kid got hurt. Yeah, I was gonna one of the fielders. I think that that would like legitimately kill a kid. He like rolled his ankle. That kid. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Pete Alonzo like killed the guy or killed the kid, and he's just bumping his head around. Mom, Wait, no, his mom's like help him off the oh, field. Oh, Matt Olson had a guy that went over the. Uh, oh, that was rally. awesome! Oh yeah, they interviewed that guy. He was, yeah. good. He was good. Did they really? Yeah, he was oh, like. I didn't see that. Yeah, I like uh, I leaned over and I tried to catch it. Unfortunately, I didn't come up with it, uh, and I fell. Yeah, he got lucky. Like he like didn't seriously got like that was a that was a good fall. Somebody was like, like fist bumped him during the interview, and the lady was like, "Did you at least come away with the ball?" And he's like, "No, it went into the tunnel." I don't know who has um, Yeah, I, I will say I loved the home run derby. I just wish um, you couldn't really see the distances for any of the balls, which was like one of the most yeah, exciting parts, I thought. Because um, they changed the rule this year where now it's like the pitcher could like fast pitch it. You didn't have to wait till it landed. Uh, so it moved yeah. along a little bit faster. But Shout out to uh, Pete Alonzo's pitcher. Yeah, that was dude, Dave Jouse or something. Jouse, yeah. That dude could have located a pitch. Yeah, shout out to his guy. Not a shout out to uh, Gallo's guy. Gallo's guy was taking his sweet time. Not even close to the strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. And shout out Shohei Otani's translator for being a great catcher. Yeah, that's a funny quote, actually. That's a good baseball fun again, real quick. Uh, when asked why he chose his translator as his catcher, Shohei Otani said, because 
I felt good knowing that the person behind me was ner- more nervous than I am. <laughs> I love Shohei Otani, man. He's just, he's totally embraced the role as the, as the ambassador of the game and the yeah. face of the game. I'm not firing shots at anybody, but he's a funny dude. Face, face of the game. Do you guys see that he donated? He, he got oh, like yeah. some bonus from the home run derby. It's mm-hmm. like 100, 150,000? Just 100. Yep. No, it was 150, he, I think, but still. He donated. He gave it away to, like, Angels employees. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That was really cool. And I think he said that he planned on doing that with whatever money amount yeah. he made from it. No matter so what. That was pretty cool. Also cool that Pete Alonso's made more off the home run derby than he has in his major league career. Yeah, no wonder why the guy wants to win. <laughs> also, not very cool. Pete Alonso got kicked out of the bar he went to after. I think the story around that is that the bar was about to close anyway, and he came in on like last call, and they were like, "All right, we're like gonna close up." He, was like, uh, he looked very disappointed. Yeah, if I had if I owned a bar and I had the home run derby champ coming in, I'm keeping that place open. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, Steve Peralta was hanging with him. That was cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, my only other final thought was uh, we were featured in a magazine on. Um, what website was that? Welp. Welp. Yes, welp.com. We were featured in a magazine as one of the 20 best social games podcasts for 2021. So that was really cool. We appreciate uh, all the support from you guys. So, uh, yeah, go check that out. Yeah, crazy. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Would have never expected anything like that to happen. But uh, hard work pays off. So, anyways the lengthy episode but if you enjoyed what you listened to don't forget to follow us on instagram at gone bridge podcast and twitter at gone bridge don't forget to download our episodes on spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show and we will be back next week with another good episode after a series against the yankees series against the blue jays some trade deadline stuff for episode 42 see ya